0: This is Make it kind. M I
1: P. With Masamela Matfumo.
0: Mark Thompson. Make it plain. Get woke.
2: God bless you. Get woke, folks. M I P. is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic we're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together so for a limited time no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app ladies and gentlemen as always this time of month we can count on the center the budget and policy priorities in the person Of chief economist Chad Stone what is up with this latest jobs report Um, is it better is there something in the fine print we need to consider are we about to come back should we be comfortable and less vigilant in terms of this virus we'll get into all of that with Chad Stone right now. Chad, uh, how are you how are you doing, man? You, you, you looking sound well. I'm glad. You're healthy and, and safe.
1: I'm healthy and safe, yes.
2: Okay. So l- let me ask you a question and get your reaction. Um, I will even, if necessary, allow you, uh, if you need to, to uh, take off your uh, official uh, center hat. What's your reaction when someone whom we know says George Floyd is looking down and happy about these job numbers.
1: That is such a um, indication of someone who is not in touch with what's going on.
2: Yeah, yeah, because African-American unemployment has gone up, hasn't it? Um,
1: yeah, it, it actually ticked up uh, this month a little bit so to to get to to get to the main premise of your question um, this was, this report was a surprise to people because um I think we even talked about it last time that we we weren't expecting things to be as bad that the losses to be as big as they were in April, but we were still expecting losses to continue into into May, and it turns out that um, there was some turnaround and a lot of statistics. One of them that there wasn't a turnaround in was black unemployment. Now the rate only went up by a tenth of a point, but it's it's very high, and and Hispanic uh, Latino unemployment is very high. White unemployment is very high too. But guess guess which of the ones are higher, as always. Um, and uh, so my perspective, what I what I what what I tweeted on Jobs Day. Initially was to say, um, if you think things are, are are really great, you're not paying attention because here are the numbers and everything is still bad. Um, and the focus the focus is on how 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 high unemployment is, how many people are out of uh, out of jobs still, and um, and how and how deep the hole is in the economy. Um, and the, the reason for some improvement that the Bureau of Labor Statistics cites is um, is that that there there is some opening up, some some relaxation of social distancing. Now, whether that's safe or not remains to be seen, and and it, it may be putting pressure on people to go back to work when when it's not safe to do so. Right. Um, I mean, that's not in the jobs report because the jobs report's about numbers, but right, um, right, right. right. You know, on, on on Jobs Day, usually I put out some pretty plain vanilla figures, just hitting the highlighted numbers. And and this and this Jobs Day, you'll see that I um, yeah I've, I've, I've highlighted <laughs> that there's a lot still still wrong.
2: Well, and, and, and not the least of which was um, you wrote before getting to the Jobs report. I and my Center for Budget and Policy Priority colleagues stand with countless others. In calling for justice for George Floyd and for fundamental systemic reforms to foster racial equity and end racial injustice, and in a statement uh, by um, Robert Greenstein at the Center for Budget and Policy Priorities. So, if if we dig into this, and and I do appreciate that, Chad, and 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 I expect uh, you know less from someone like you, whom I admire. Um. I mean, because we know that there just are systemic problems. If, we, if folks have not gotten that memo by now, then it's probably too late for them to get it. Um, but, but let's drill down a little bit. So uh, fewer, uh, it, is, it, am I saying this accurately, there were uh, a fewer uh, job uh, losses in this month? Is that the way to say it? Or?
1: Well, well, well they're actually job
2: gains. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, job gains, okay.
1: So we lost a gazillion jobs in, in April. And we got, um, I, I, forget, I forget what the number of lost in April was, but it was, it was 20 some million. And we got 2 million back in, in May. So if, if you focus on that, you say, oh, wow, 2 million. We haven't seen job growth like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. But we focus on the fact that there's still we're still way below where we were.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah.
1: that's the real number, and that's that's why that's why we at the center are 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 pushing uh, for another for another stimulus package and for for making sure that we don't prematurely abandon efforts to 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 do the recovery, um, to to make sure that that actually that the that that when it's safe to go back to work. And and firms are opening up. Um, that that there will be jobs and and people will have money to spend.
2: <laughs> um, what can we attribute the the two million jobs coming back from? I mean, I think you kind of alluded to it. Is is this just the the, the pressure to reopen the reopening itself, um, or, or, or what? Do we have, can we look at anything beyond that?
1: Um, well, we have we have states that have that have um, begun to begun to open up part at least portions of the state. Um, so I'm in Pennsylvania, and the Philadelphia area is uh, in in yellow, whereas the unpopulated parts of the state are in grain, and and more more things are open. Uh, so, so so I think it's I think it's a lot of that, um, and huge. There were huge losses in leisure and hospitality industry, and some of those are 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 coming back don't know yet if it's if it's viable or safe to go back <laughs> to, yeah but
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah so this is this this is a little bit perilous then because you're right i mean this could look like this now but if it turns out that things get worse again and you know there's that curve starts going back up because people are going back then it's it's no good so it's too it's too early to count the chickens then It
1: it is too early, um, although I have to point out that most forecasters including the congressional budget office Do expect that in the second half of the year will be We will see a, a pretty substantial rebound based on their assumptions that that social distancing will allow That that to happen if things get worse in the meantime that that's another matter but and, and again, the, the, theme, the theme of today is going to be look at the size of the hole, not, not the part that's been filled, <laughs> because the whole it, the Congressional Budget Office says, in, even in something in which an awful lot of those jobs come back, we're still going to be going into 2021 with a 10%, 10.1% unemployment rate. At the end of 2021, unemployment rate is still going to be 8.6%. The economy is not going to be back to where it was in the fourth quarter of 2019. So there's there's and and, and CBO expects that if no, if there's no further policy, um that that gap is gonna drag out for many years, kind of kind of like the the recovery from the from the Great Recession, where the economy was grew and job and created jobs for very Every month for a long period of time, but to many people it didn't feel like it until maybe very late in it, and for many people not even very late. In it. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking at some of your n- numbers: um, unemployment insurance claims, one point six million.
1: Of, of the unemployment sh- claims, yeah, from Thursday. That's right. So, so. Um, so we had so uh, yeah this this was a busy week for unemployment data. Every week we get data on who is filing their first claim for unemployment insurance, and data on how many people have outsta- have claims outstanding. Many of which are paying already. Some of which are still being processed. And there's there are um, there there are thirty thirty million uh, continuing claims many of which were being paid it's actually testament to the unemployment insurance measures in the cares act now there's issues about whether they're reaching everybody that they should and whether the states are processing claims as quickly as as would be desirable but but those we're going to have a, we're going to have a paper out um, it, it might it might it might be out by the time we're doing this or um, that that looks at um, the importance of, the, of those unemployment insurance provisions and the fact that they're scheduled to expire. And We don't want to see that happen. When,
2: when, do they, when do they expire?
1: So one of the most important things for helping people survive this situation is the $600 a week extra unemployment insurance benefits on top of what you get through your regular state and the program known as Pandemic Unemploy- Unemployment Assistance, which provides benefits to people who wouldn't normally qualify for regular state Unemployment insurance benefits, and there's 10 million people with claims in that in that program. Many of whom are receiving benefits. So, uh, so the $600 is scheduled to expire December 31st. Uh, December, July 31st.
2: Okay. Mm. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's around the corner. It is, and all the other measures are scheduled to expire. The extra weeks of benefits and the PUA program are scheduled to expire at the end of the year. Okay. in each case, that will be premature.
2: I'm looking at another number here that you t- tweeted: the seasonal uh, adjustment, um, one one point eight seven million.
1: Out uh, for for the up for for that employment for the initial claims.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, that yeah. Well, I tend to focus on what. So, so we've 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 had some conversations about seasonal adjust, adjustment in the past around Christmas time. when, when we think, well, that that's when when in in the pre-Christmas period, hiring goes up normally, and so the nor, and then and then there's layoffs after the Christmas season, and those normal ups and downs are taken into account and adjusted away in the unemployment data. So seasonal adjustment tries to, but tries to smooth out those kinds of expected fluctuations to focus on what's different. about. But in, in the case of unemployment insurance claims, um, seasonal adjustment is done poorly. Um, and these are administrative data. These are reports from the states about how many people are act, have actually filed claims. And so they're actual people. The unadjusted count is actual people, and it's worth paying attention to that. Um, and, and so that's why we tend to focus on non-seasonally adjusted.
2: Um, so right now, we're not in a, a period. This is not a season, or is it normally a season to be adjusted? Yeah. Right now, right. That's what I thought. Right, right, right. And,
1: and and the and the size of the job losses and the size of the unemployment insurance claims are so big that that the seasonal factors are much smaller than any of that. They're not. They're not really that important to, to those. That's right.
2: Nineteen point six fewer payroll jobs in May than February. Private sector eighteen million, government sector one point six million. That's still huge.
1: Oh yeah, yes. Uh, that's that's why I, I, I you'll see that I focused I focused on the change from February to smooth out. Um, so so March and April bit were were increases in um, in job losses, and there's a little bit of a reversal. If you call two million little, but it is little compared to twenty million or twenty-four um, in 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 uh, May. But the focus should be on on how things are different post pandemic than than what they were in February when when things still were normal. Yeah, it's, it's huge, and the state and local government numbers are are monstrous. Uh, which is one of the reasons why we at the Center on Budget are arguing strongly that the next stimulus package should include help for state and local governments. I mean, they've made huge layoffs in these data.
2: And state and local governments still have important functions for states and localities that need to be met, including, maybe I shouldn't say this out loud. (laughs) (laughs) You know, boards of elections, Cause you know that's the other part of this. You know I've been talking all. Well, I talked a couple times this weekend. Been talking over time too, about freeing up money. The the states need. There's like four billion dollars sitting, which is a drop in the bucket to what they need yesterday to prepare for um, uh, mail-in balloting, vote-by-mail, early voting. Um. And I mean, I'm 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 not sure how much of that 1.6 million includes people who would normally be involved in that kind of thing. I mean, I know a lot of people the boards of elections are volunteer, but
1: Cheers, yeah. Yeah.
2: But but I mean, this is such a serious time. I mean, I'd like to see folk hired. Yes, you know, especially if they're risking their lives to come out and help us vote. So okay, um, employment losses since February, Latinos, 5.3 million. African-Americans, 3.2 million, whites, 15, uh, 15.7 million. So it's obviously higher because whites are the majority of the population, so this is still a disproportionality.
1: Right so, right, so you look at the percentages.
2: Right, right, right. So we look at the, right. So the percentages now, watch this, y'all. 15.7 million for whites, that's 12.7% in job losses. Is that correct?
1: That, that's a change since February.
2: Yeah, that's the change. That's the unemployment. African-Americans, 3.2 million, you 16.3%. Hispanic and Latino, 5.3 million, let 19.5%. so what you have is the the, the raw number is smaller, but the percentage is even higher. It's because of that disproportionality. And as we said before, these are people um, who uh, work in a lot of the jobs, in the service jobs that are being lost to this pandemic
1: that's that's right that's right and um so the, so a lot of them uh some, well some of them are, are are layoffs um with some prospect of being recalled but not but not usually um and 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 many of them uh probably will be um uh, in the in the in the p u a program because of the nature of their work histories that's why it's so important for them to continue i mean there's what's really interesting or interesting that the fact that that that's six hundred dollars a week you you may have heard people complaining about it as being overly generous. Right. You know, it's not. And, and Well, it's generous. That's a fact. But the alternative is regular state unemployment insurance benefits, which are awfully low for most people, especially for, for low-wage workers. Yeah. And so the, the problem is, you know, people are, people are getting, the, peop, the people who are getting it are getting really a nice unemployment insurance payment. But that's going to go away if, right, if, don't, know, right. if, if we don't extend it past July thirty first. And so right now, um, a lot of a lot of people um, who are, are seeing sort of better incomes than than they've seen uh, normally. But but when we start to, when when the economy starts to go back to work, if that six hundred dollars disappears, all of a sudden. That the ones who are still unemployed are down to almost nothing because Mm -hmm. their unemployment checks are really small. And so we're going to be hearing about the economy opening up and all that. Um, But for the facts on the ground for an awful lot of people are that they're coping. I mean, it's coping is not the right word, but financially, they're able to pay the rent if, if they're receiving these unemployment benefits. They're able to keep up with their utilities, pay off loans and things like that. And that'll all change if that, if, if they're still unemployed and that $600 goes away. It doesn't have to stay at $600, but a generous, but, but a, but a benefit, a meaningful benefit will the be required. Share,
2: the share of the population with a job has plummeted.
1: Yeah, I i i, I, post, I posted a bunch of charts. Uh, our, our, our chart book uh, uh, is, Got got delayed from Friday to Monday, but uh, but but on but on Friday I put out the charts because you look at those charts, you can see what an incredible difference the past few months have made to every economic indicator. Mm
2: -hmm. So, what is that number now? The share of the of the of the job Uh, with the with the population is it fifty two point eight? Am I reading this right?
1: Yeah, it's down to fifty two point eight. It had it had been it had been uh, higher uh, in. in, in in the strong economy uh, leading up to it, but it's, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: it's it's way down.
2: Right, right. Um, the Hispanic Latino unemployment rate, usually between black and white rates, is now higher than ever.
1: Higher than either. I, th- I think I should. have H-
2: said- H- Higher than either. I'm sorry, I'm reading wrong. Yeah, higher than either. Yeah. Uh, and I know the black unemployment rate is higher is is i think it's the high as it's been and i think i read somewhere in a decade
1: right right yeah um the, that's right and, and, and what and what that tells us you know for 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 the others um for the white rate it's, it it's the highest it's been yeah um. and and the fact the fact that you only have to go back a decade to know that it, there was a time when it was even higher when the black african american rate black and... African American rate was even higher than it is now. That that this has been, this has been a long-standing problem of of racial disparities in unemployment.
2: So a decade ago, when it was so high, that was because of the recession, right?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I don't have the I don't have the picture in in front of me, but but yes, it in, it it it, ha- it happens in, in in recession. But in the, so the Great Recession, the unemployment rate went really high. It went up it reached as high as ten percent. But in the nineteen eighty two, uh 1981, 82 recession, the unemployment rate was actually higher than that. It was ten point eight at its at its peak. And
2: um, yeah. I'm looking, it's interesting to look at a headline as I'm reading your Twitter feed. And folks, we invite you to go to Chad CBP at Chad CBP on Twitter. So this, this uh a headline, I forget I can't tell who this is from, but uh Uh, one of the financial um, Bloomberg. And the headline is simply, U.S. unemployment rate falls to 13.3% in May. Right. Which, which, okay, but that's a little bit misleading.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) And that helps enable this other person to act as if, oh, this is really good news.
1: Right. And, you know, I mentioned the CBO projections earlier. In 2019, uh, I'm sorry. In, in at the end of in the fourth quarter of 2021, still 8.6 percent. That is closer to the peaks in those last two recessions than it is to anything normal. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah this is this is uh, something else. So, are you? So is 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 the CBO or someone else now saying that this it will gradually keep going up? Is that what we should look for going forward, or or is that that,
1: that is their projection? That's that is their projection. So yeah. That, there'll be some there'll be some recovery as as as, as more as more places as we open up more, assuming that we continue to open up more. Right, right, right. right. Nothing happens that leads us to because no, no flare up of the thing.
2: because that's what is tied to also Absolutely. if if their safety and if that goes away like that all those projections go out the window.
1: Right, right. If, if, you, if you read CBO's report uh, the, 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 in, in the, buried in the text, which it has to be is, um, so these, what, these are based on particular assumptions about social distancing, um, and both the, the extent of social distancing that will be required over this period and the effect of that on the economy are highly uncertain. <laughs>
2: And you know, there's an irony in that because we're talking about the disproportionality of African-Americans and Latinos. While those who have been demonstrating some say, haven't been able obviously to practice much social distancing. And so that we may see in an incubation period of a couple of weeks, some of the demonstrators being, you know, kind of put in that position. Uh, And and the communities from which they hail, from where they hail being um, affected. So I guess what I'm trying to say is those who are demonstrating and those for whom those are demonstrating for are are the ones that are disproportionately also affected in terms of the job market. So is it double whammy? There's the police violence and you know the vigilante violence, if you will, Ahmad Arbery, uh, and then there's COVID. So um, this is this is pretty bad,
1: yeah. Chad. Yeah, that I mean the 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 statistics on COVID infections across groups are awful.
0: <laughs> Just right, the right.
1: Those numbers are, and. Uh, no, it's 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 testament to the to the cause that, that those people that all those people were out mm-hmm.
2: protesting. Yeah, yeah. But as you write and as, as, well, as Robert writes about justice and systemic reform, um that includes um you know, jobs and opportunities. I mean, all of this goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um words of support, I want to read this. Words of support, while important, are not enough. For its pride, the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities has been engaged in an organization wide journey in the past few years to incorporate racial equity more fully into its work and organization organizational culture, which all should do. National, state, and local policymakers need to go beyond words and take actions that reflect the significance of this moment. They need to heed the calls of those seeking justice for George Floyd and make demonstrable lasting progress toward eliminating the racial inequality and injustice that have been the vicious underside of life in this nation for, for far too long. George Floyd was three in one, positive for corona, even though he must have been asymptomatic, mm-hmm. lost his job, mm-hmm. killed by the police. All three of those are pretty much what can happen all in one time if you're an African American.
1: That's right.
2: Not to mention a black woman in the case of Breonna Taylor. Um, yeah, th- this is. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Two things, and now I was gonna ask you this off there, but I'm gonna ask it now and just see your reaction. And maybe it's not so much putting you on the spot, but maybe making a suggestion. Um, you and the center, even from reading this this document, my friend, are allies in this movement with us. Would the center, if it hasn't already, consider the discussion or weighing in, or better yet? what really I could see happening in terms of your expertise at analysis. Take a look at not so much the political possibility, but the, if there's benefit you all could find in reparations. There's more discussion around that than ever before. And I'm not saying this, you know, the center needs to, um, go and take a position right now but just take take a look at it you know considering the dire straits we're in um first of all if you don't know so hr 40 has been upgraded as opposed to a study as to whether there should be reparations it would be a study to determine what form the reparations would take and so in fairness to you that would not just include in fact most reasonable people feel that just Does not simply include individual checks, but rather um, um, the types of things that happened in the early days with, you know, the the Homestead Act, GI Bill, uh, also institutional support. You know, rather than just a everybody getting a fifteen hundred dollar check, because everything is so systemic. Um, And if we're really talking about doing something about this, it, it also includes, I should mention, in that bill. Not just for slavery, but the remnants and vestiges of slavery, including what we're seeing today in this violence. So, so that's listed in there. Mass incarceration, you know, redlining, all those types of things. Um, and I think the more people in your position who are respected in this that, you know, think about it, weigh it analyze it I think it helps
1: so I I I can't give you a fully satisfactory answer because I don't speak for the center
2: of course
1: but I'll say this I was um, I was proud and 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 learned a lot and I'm so glad I did serve on the, um, the racial equity working group that guided the center from where it was three years ago to where it's going. Right. And I emphasize where it's going. Um, there have been lots of lot, lots of growth. Lots of growth. The harms reparations are meant to address are absolutely, absolutely harms. <laughs> um, where the and, and the center the center has not has not been a, a big fan of um, universal basic income. For, mm. fear that, for fear that it would, that, that, that some people want to use that to get rid of the existing safety net programs. Uh,
2: mm. Interesting. Okay. Okay.
1: So, and, and our whole focus has been on the existing um, sure. program and, okay. we're, and, and we're expanding our perspective. So as a result of that journey we've been on, um, I can speak qualitatively and say we're probably closer to, to being supportive of reparations than we might have been in a technocratic sense before looking at what are the problems with it as opposed to what's the need for it. Right. But, but we're, not, we're not there, and I'm certainly not. Um, I'm, I'm not qualified. I'm, I'm not in a position to speak for the organization. Oh, not,
2: yeah, of course, of course. I know, I know. And I said, I, I'm being unfair. I kind of put you on the spot. but But I would invite the organization you know and and if it's something you all can analyze fine if not i'll definitely understand because we're friends but with the expertise you all have i would invite the organization you know looking at the statement from robert looking at the desperation with which we're dealing right now i I, i'll say this to you as well let me disclose you know i kind of put you on the spot let me put myself on the spot (laughs) um And I can probably guess how you might feel about what I'm going to say, but um, considering where things are right now. But let me just say this, some of us have, um, and we can talk more about this later, and I would even welcome your analysis on what I'm about to say, but some of us have been having a conversation. One, about the overwhelming global support for those of us who are at harm right now. I mean, you've seen demonstrations all over the world and they haven't been sullied as much as they have here by agents provocateur and all of that. You know, they've been peaceful, large demonstrations, which says something. We talk about countries around the world that we know have provocateurs, but for some reason they're not bothering them, so why are they bothering us? Okay, but that's a whole other conversation. I think we both know the answer to that. So, you know, I, I, I You know, as folks, as I was saying um, to Chad, you know, my son is turning 18. When I was his age, you, you don't know this, Chad, I was a freshman in 1985 at Georgetown university. And I helped to lead and organize the divestment campaign from South Africa. We got Georgetown to divest. And if you recall, a lot of other universities and institutions, and we built it up until we got Nelson Mandela freed, et cetera. Um, There's been some conversation about the band coming back together. I went on the BBC and they asked me, they put me on the spot, what can we do to help? And immediately I didn't have an answer other than continue the demonstrations. But then other people said, Mark, we may not have a choice, but to ask our allies around the world, even in some small ways, to withhold from this country until things get better, because we too, I look, you look at those videos and I know, you know, you, you're old enough to remember that time. What we see in our TV screens today are not very different from what we saw in apartheid South Africa. So one of the commentators said to me, I went on an Australian show and I said it and he said, you know, which is the usual response. They said this in 19, in the 1980s, Chad, well, you're going to hurt the very people you're trying to help. I say I've heard that before. I said, but think about it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We've just about lost everything already. So it's not as if uh, it can get much worse. So that's something else. I'm. We have nobody's done anything formally. yet. We're just having some conversations, and we've got to we've got to do some analysis, frankly. And there's some people who are going to take a hard look at that to see what the possibilities are. Uh, I think we also are made aware of some world leaders that aren't too keen on our president right now, (laughs) who probably at least would find the idea entertaining. Um, but, But between the two, something has to break this back. And what the area of your expertise at some point has to be somewhere that we have to look and consider and strategize within whether it's you or the center what have you, but, but it's something's got to change because it, you know, this is how many, how many police killings have we already seen? How many gun killings? I and mean, then we just go back. It's nothing, you know, the news cycle changes and then we just move on because there's systemic things in place that make it so difficult just to go right in there and change it. Other countries can do it. Your guns are gone. Your pandemic paycheck protection, snap of a finger, you got it. Matter of fact, you paid indefinitely. <laughs> so they can do it, but we can't. And we're supposed to be the greatest nation. You are the chief economist for a center on budget in what is supposedly the greatest nation in the world. So th- those are some things that we're thinking about. And I, and I don't mean to, to to preach to you, but uh, I, I feel I feel I'm in a safe space saying this to you so that um, if, if I'm wrong, tell me, I mean, I'm I want and not today, but you know, I, I want intelligent people to, to, to weigh in and say, what is right? What is wrong? What's realistic? What's not realistic? What even is necessary? What will help, and maybe there's something we have not thought of. How do we, in the racial equality question, how do we um, decrease the gap when it comes to unemployment, concretely and scientifically? Now, I mean, so yeah, that's just, and I don't want to ramble too much, but I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) No, 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 not not at all. Look, those are all questions that we're interested in. The the center is. center has values centers but the center's expertise has always been technocratic making making things work yeah and and um so when 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 policies when policies are uh, up for discussion uh, and and make it and it's it's down to the how to make it work um, that's that's what that's what the center has traditionally done best um and and we certainly um we certainly have the goals in mind of, right. of, of breaking down the barriers and, and uh, changing the way, this, the, way, the way this world works.
2: To, to your point, without, of course, undermining the safety nets that exists. So I think it has to be a both and as opposed to either or. But Chad, we're running out of moves, man. You know, we, we are running out of moves in this country from the economy, to the pandemic, to the violence, you know, we gotta do something. And uh, you you make me feel a little bit smarter and I wanna continue to do that. So we'll be talking. Chad Stone, folks, with the latest numbers. And I think the thesis of this conversation, folks, okay, it's a little bit better. We, we kinda know why, but do not take it for granted. We have to be vigilant. I think decent employers Chad, from what I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing from folk that like September, October, there's some companies that said, don't even think about coming back in office until January. So that's that's different, you know, but this whole, it's political, we got to run, we got to do, we have to present, you know, I watched George Floyd's funeral, as I'm sure you saw part of it, but what does that do? I mean, the fear now is that that's going to mislead and enable some churches to reopen too soon there wasn't a lot of social distancing at the funeral. So I, I, I'm, I'm, some of us are troubled by it, okay? And beautiful funeral and, and George deserves one, he deserves all three he's getting. But folks, it's still, it's still not safe out here and we're still susceptible we're as, as African-Americans and people of color, more susceptible to the loss of employment in this and more susceptible to the contraction of the virus. And obviously more susceptible to the police department um, and and all that it does to us, to put it mildly. Um, Folks, go to centeronbudget.org, the the chart book is there. Read about the things they're doing and what's going on and their very um, principled, objective approach to the economy, Uh, also their statement on racial equality. Chad, any, uh, any closing thoughts?
1: My closing thoughts are that I actually hope that, that things do, do continue to get better and, and, and that it's safe to go back to work, and that, that we can, we can, we can continue, continue to work to realize the goals that are in the center statement, and we're not unique, lots of organizations. And, and you know, in some ways, the country has many parts of the country have, have rallied around. What's been going on. Right. It there their minds that have been, there are minds that have been changed in the right way. And yeah. that's, that's um hope it's more than a silver lining. I hope it's where yeah. We're
2: going. yeah, yeah. And no, it's a good thing. And it is again, it is not lost on me. It is significant that an organization like yours would take a position on racial equality. You guys are not a civil rights organization per se. But I would make you an honorary one, as long as you are pushing for the safety net and highlighting the inequality and making suggestions about what should be done about it. And we need organizations, whether they have the civil rights or human rights moniker on them, we need organizations like the Center on Budget to do those types of, of righteous and practical things now at this time. Because you're right, this has affected everyone. I think you know, you can't hit people with a disease, and then show them folk just being killed in cold blood on the television. i don't I don't think the human even the most insensitive i mean I, as I'm sure you are i mean we're people are surfacing that normally are just oblivious and insensitive to what's going on, they're like, whoa, it's too much <laughs> so we appreciate you on that and appreciate the 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 center on budget Centeronbudget.org on stone is the chief economist, our friend we've been doing this together for years. Uh, so this is this is our, on- uh-huh. our, our second
1: session that's
2: right since the re- wow that is right since 2007 2008 yeah every month y'all Chad and I have been together and I haven't gotten on his nerves and he's made me a little smarter and and you know utterly uh, pointed out that I probably could have passed Econ in Georgetown you know but that was the other reason, Chad, full disclosure, I was organizing divestment movement. So you, it was hard to do that. Then that's interesting. I'm organized divestment movement, but not doing well at Ecop. So, you know, we, we, when, and we'll, we'll talk about that in the book and, and those, you know, how that works. <laughs> so love you, buddy.
1: You too.
2: All right, man. Good to talk to you. Give everybody at the center my regards. Chad Stone, everybody. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.